Welcome to the AIPC interviews where I talk to members of the Artful Eye Photography community, among others, about them. It is March 26, 2020, and on this episode, my guest is a fellow from Vienna, Austria, who has some articles published on the likes of Petapixel, Moments website, iPhoneography Central, uh, in a piece about Pro Camera on a website called DIYphotography.net and journalism.co.uk, where in the same article, we both had some input on some iPhone photography. And as photos have also accompanied articles in some other places on the net. Welcome to Chris Feichner. Hi, everyone, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, you are the first, um, not the first international guest, uh, but you are the first European guest on the show. So uh, uh, we had to, you know, schedule around the time difference, but it's only five hours, so it's not too bad. So how are you? Well, I'm fine, thanks. I'm currently, uh, yeah, well, I'm currently doing the same that everyone else should do, staying at home and mm -hmm. hoping that this crisis is soon soon over. But other than that, I'm well, thanks. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Um, you know, I've, I don't know anybody personally that's been affected, but uh, it's, um, it certainly is a thing, that's for sure. And, uh, but, you know, I find the the best way to get through it is to sometimes forget about it and just talk about some iPhone photography. <laughs> That's a perfect idea. So let's do that. Yeah. So let's let's start with. Um, I, I think I believe you used to shoot with a DSLR, but how did you get into shooting with your iPhone? Um, you're absolutely correct. Um, my photography history goes back a few decades, and I used the DSLR up until 2012. Um, and my switch to iPhone photography actually happened during a, during a trip when I was in uh, Las Vegas uh, taking pictures of my travels. And um, I used the iPhone at that point to take some quick snapshots. Then one evening when I came back to the uh, hotel, I had a look at the photos that I took with iPhone and I was quite positively surprised about the quality of the photos. So they came out really, really good. And so I decided the next day that my heavy camera bag had to stay at the hotel. And I was just walking around in Las Vegas and enjoying Las Vegas and taking photos with my iPhone. And um, this felt somehow, you know, relieving for the first time. I didn't feel like a pack mule, like carrying around <laughs> all the heavy DSLR equipment. Oh, yeah. Um, so I could just blend into the people in the city, walk around, no camera bag needed, and just used my iPhone to take pictures. And uh, when I got home after the trip, I was trying to find some apps that would help me to basically edit the photos on iPhone like I previously did on the computer. And so I basically made the switch. I then decided I will go iPhone only. I just kept my DSLR for a few months just in case, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I find it's not the per perfect route for me, but it was. And then I sold my DSLR with all the additional equipment I had. And yeah, since then I'm traveling and I'm taking photos uh, with my iPhone, iPhone only. 
So it sounds like you you went all in, and by that I mean uh, with the, uh, the the post processing, like your workflow and everything. You you went everything with iPhone then. Definitely yes, and yeah. um, at the beginning it was a bit of a struggle because uh, the iPhones, from a hardware perspective, were not as powerful as, of course, a computer, mm-hmm. and uh, apps were also quite limited. But uh, they changed actually quite soon. There were many apps that were released, like for example, PhotoForge. If someone remembers that, yeah, that would allow people to edit photos in a great uh, in a great way. And um, yeah, but then every year new apps came out. And as of now, as of 2020, I can edit my photos on iPhone and iPad just like I previously did on my computer. So I really don't need them anymore. And yes, I went all in. That's my personal way of doing things. So I saw an opportunity and I saw, okay, I will try it. I will do it. And it worked out. And when was this? Uh, when was this trip to Vegas? It was in 2012. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's pretty close to the time that I kind of started to think about making the transition as well. I didn't actually sell my DSLR stuff till I think it was 2016. But um, it was, uh, I mean, seeing that the seeing the images that you got from the iPhone, I'm sure really woke you up as far as what mobile photography can do. Yes, definitely. So it's uh, of course it depends what kind of photos you want to take. For example, if you need to take photos that need to be printed, I don't know, like uh, in the large scale, it might be not the perfect choice. But for many other things, I personally believe it is a good choice. It's a good way of taking photos, and um, it helps you just to yeah to travel light, to travel with carry-on luggage, and so um, yeah, that's the way. I jumped in. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, it's probably a very common story, you know, that uh, that a lot of people have experienced. You know, I think probably me included. But um, so, what phone are you using now? Then, uh, right now, I'm well. Basically, I'm always on the latest iPhone. So right now, I'm using an iPhone 11 Pro. Okay. And um, since then, I basically used each iPhone model that was available on the market. So I started with the first iPhone, then came the iPhone 3G, 3GS, 4, 5, 5S, and all the models oh, wow. that were available on the market. That's, uh, so did you happen to keep them all? Uh, no, I have. Oh. Uh, I think I have somewhere a broken iPhone 3GS. Oh, yeah. It has a crack, a crack in the screen, but it still works. Oh wow! Because that that would have been quite the collection if you had a, if you still had them all. But uh, I never kept any of mine either. I started with the 4S. That was my first iPhone. So okay, I see. Yeah, it's actually I recently made a uh, posted a question on uh, Twitter, and actually many people answered this dude that the iPhone 4 or 4S was the model where many people started to use it as a as a camera. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that was when the, like, I think the iPhone 4 was probably the first one that came out with a really good camera. And I think maybe yeah. it might have been the fact that it the display, that retina display that came out with it, probably had a lot to do with, you know, seeing your photos in that kind of display made a pretty big difference, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I believe that too. And um, yeah, of course, the 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 uh, better the better uh, display also helped with edit with editing the photos on iPhone. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think that's pretty much when Instagram kind of took off too. Yes, probably around the same time. I remember it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it. When I read about Instagram, uh, I just downloaded it. I registered. I think I have an uh, Instagram ID of around, I don't know, 10,000 or something. So um, I tried all these apps too. And if you remember, there was also Hipstamatic. Yeah. Which was also a great app uh, to actually start all this iPhone photography movement. Yes. And a movement it is. It's not just a fad. It was definitely a movement. And I mean, mobile photography in general, I think, has, has been a real big movement. So um, uh, in, in the uh, article that I mentioned where we were both actually part of it, uh, you talked a fair bit about Pro Camera. Mm-hmm. Do, you still, do you still use it regularly? Yes, definitely. Pro Camera is actually the main camera app I, uh, I use simply because of all the fantastic features it has. So you can shoot raw with it. Meanwhile, it has automatic perspective correction. Um, Lots of great features that make iPhone photography just so much easier. Yeah. Do you shoot raw? Uh, In many cases, yes. In many cases, yes. And, And how do you process those? Um, I basically, I have three apps that I use to process my photo. The first one is Adobe Lightroom Mobile, mm-hmm. which is um, yeah also the main app that I use because meanwhile, it has grown into really great product where you can do all sorts of adjustments. You can use local adjustments. Yeah. You can fix perspective distortions with it. So a lot of great things that you can do. And I also love that I can start editing the photo on the iPhone and then finish it, for example, on the iPad if I need to do some more retouching. Oh, yeah. And um, that's, simply, that's simply great. And then I have two more apps that I use regularly. And the first one is uh, Touch Retouch which is also an app that I have been using, I don't know, since it came out eight years ago, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is my go-to app for uh, retouching photos, so for removing things from photos like power lines, poles, uh, garbage that you see somewhere. Yeah, it does that so well. Exactly, exactly. And it's quite fast, and you can do this on on the iPhone and the iPad. So it works really fantastic. You can also do it on the Mac. They have a Mac app as well. Yeah, I have heard about that. I think I even mentioned it somewhere in an old blog post, but as I don't mm-hmm. use photo apps on a Mac anymore, so um, yeah, yeah. I'm completely trusting your word here. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, the third app is uh, Superimpose. Oh, really? Which is... Yeah, which is a great app, um, a Photoshop-like app where you can layer photos, you can remove the background, you can exchange the background, you can apply certain filters to it. It's great for making photo compositions. Mm-hmm. And this is the third app that I use regularly. So in the article, like the, the, I'm, I'll, I should mention that the article is from October 2016. So it's yeah. been a while, but uh, you mentioned in there that you use Enlight. Do you still use that at all? No. No, no, I I used I used Enlight when it came when it came out with version uh, one I think, mm-hmm. because it was a really great app that allowed you to do 
great deal of retouching and editing on the iPhone. But then, um, yeah, Lightroom grew better and better. And I felt that Lightroom was simply more suited for my kind of photography. Of course, your mileage may vary, but Mm -hmm. it's just the perfect tool for my kind of photography. Yeah, and that's the that's the nice thing about so many having so many different apps to choose from. You can find that one that just suits your style and and your, of your you know your editing style and your workflow. That um, I mean, so you use Lightroom. I you I'm a fan of Lumabee, and it's a lot uh, smaller scale of an app, but it does what I like to do, and it does it well. So um, you know, everybody has their style, everybody has their workflow. And I, I think it's a great um, it's a great ecosphere to be in. Definitely. So these apps that I just mentioned are just a few from just like you said. There's a huge amount of apps. There's a, they are great apps. They are continuously uh, maintained, updated. New features get added all the time. And uh, I think what we've seen the past few years is just the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. It's with with the. Um, with the technology that they're putting into these cameras, especially, I, I can really only speak about the iPhone. I don't know that much about the other phones like Samsung and Huawei and things like that, but I really follow the iPhone stuff closely. So the the technology that they're putting into these things is just mind-blowing. And yeah, definitely. Admittedly, at times, I think sometimes it's a little too much. Like it'd be nice if you could turn off some of the features, like some of the... Um, processing that gets done under the hood um i mean certainly if you shoot raw it it helps but not everybody wants to do that yeah and uh what you've just mentioned is exactly one of the reasons that i shoot raw in many in many cases simply Mm. to avoid all that automatic processing that's going on under the hood and i do that especially when i uh when i take pictures in lost in lost places there are diff- there are difficult light conditions in there, and this is one of the reasons I like to shoot raw because I don't like automatic uh, noise reduction. I want to do that myself, and so that's actually really a great point. Why to shoot? Why to shoot raw? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at some of your photos from Chernobyl on the uh, Moment yeah. website. Uh, that must have been a real experience to go in there and and shoot that that space. Definitely, it was. And um, as I'm more towards fifty than uh, more than uh, the age of forty, I experienced the Chernobyl disaster um, on my own. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I still can remember what happened back then. And we had no internet. And after three days, everyone suddenly was saying, "Oh, a nuclear power plant blew up, and we're all gonna die." Oh. And so I had the opportunity to visit Chernobyl uh, almost exactly on the 30th anniversary. And it was really mind-blowing. It was just like just like walking through a time capsule. Yeah. You know, everything was still, of course, buildings were decayed and, and collapsed, but everything else was still like it was back then. So if you drive into Pripyat, um, from a distance, you don't even get any idea that, that this is an abandoned city. The, the buildings still stand there. And once you get in the city, you see, oh, there are trees growing everywhere. Do you hear the wind blowing? It's totally silent. 
so it's really an uh, yeah interesting experience yeah yeah like it would be kind of creepy almost you know, definitely just, just, definitely just not hearing any sound or anything uh, did you have to take any precautions to go there uh yes uh quite a few actually you have to book a tour you have to hand over all your personal details so you have to submit your passport before you go there and oh, then you yeah. get a list with around i don't know 20 things to do and things you shouldn't do when you're in the zone for example like to wear sturdy shoes with a with a thick sole uh you have to wear long sleeve uh clothing no matter how hot it would be, you were told not to put anything on the ground. Then the most important rule of all, I think, is uh, the guide is always right. Oh, yeah, so yeah if, definitely. If the guide tells you to get out of somewhere, then uh, do it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this this is a good um, bit of information for anybody listening. Don't just go into places like this on your own because... You just don't know what you're getting yourself into, and especially a place like Chernobyl. And I'm sure there's other places that are that are um, you know that have some of the dangers in in them too. You know, do your research and and get permission and and things like that. Don't just run into these places on your own for sure. I think if I may add to that, the most important thing is to get permission because all the lost yeah. places that I photograph. I always try to find the owner to get permission and the owner then tells me where it's dangerous, which areas to avoid. And so, yeah, um, yeah it's definitely good advice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you've been published in websites and things like that. Have you ever published a book or anything? No, I haven't published a book yet, but I'm thinking of creating uh, video trainings for iPhone photography. been thinking about it for a while. Mm -hmm. mainly post-processing uh, with the tools I've mentioned previously. But, um, yeah, let's see what the future will bring. Yeah, so that's that's kind of your, your vision for where you'd like to go with your with your photography then, eh? is, is to, to make these training videos? It's definitely part of that. Um, speaking of vision is um, why I write my blog and why I publish articles about that is that I want to inspire people and that I want to demonstrate what's possible using an iPhone as a camera and as an editing device today. So, um, you know, a few years ago, everyone was saying, oh, you can't do long exposures with iPhone. And then I showed them my 40-second long exposure of the London Eye. And many people just were not aware of that, it's, that this is possible. And so this is the direction I want to go. I want to inspire people. I want to demonstrate what's possible while shooting in post-production and, um, and also to show them a few of the small corners of the world I've been to. And yeah, this is the direction I'm going and uh, I want to, I want to go. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. Um, I, uh, myself, I, I, you know, I've published a, a book about my transition from DSLR to um, iPhone photography, but it's just on, you know, the Apple iBook store. So it's just a digital copy. Uh, it would cost a small fortune to produce print books of that. So um, that's that's about as far as I've got, you know, I've, I've taken that. But, uh, um, you know, there's, there's a, 
a, a good many people out there that are putting these courses on. So, I mean, I hope that, um, yeah, you know, I hope that it it's successful and, and I hope you actually go through with it because I think the more opportunities for people to learn, the certainly the better. Definitely. So just like I said, I'm working on a few things, but let's see what the future will will bring. I can't tell too much right now, but um, yeah, let's see. And I will definitely have a look at your book. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, it, it's, uh, uh, it's a quick read. You could probably read it in about an hour. It's uh, 62 pages and um, I, I tried to make sure I had a photo on just about on every page. So um, okay, is it available on uh, I, uh, Apple iBooks or on Kindle? Yes, on on the uh, iBooks. Okay, yeah, I I tried to to get it ready for Kindle, but there was just so much involved with that that I just I gave up on it. Okay, um, I just didn't have the the time to put into it. But um, I'm you know I probably could make it available as a PDF download, which might be maybe a little more appealing to people. Um, I'll look into that, I guess. But yeah, yeah definitely. And, I think you could reach quite a few more more people that that way. Yeah. So, are you basically a landscape photographer, or? Uh... Um, I have three kinds of scenes that I shoot. Uh, it's basically landscape. Definitely is one of those. The second one is uh, city cityscapes. Oh yeah. Uh, especially I like night photography in cities. That's just so beautiful, you know, photographing all these beautifully illuminated buildings. Mm -hmm. Um and the third thing is of course like I mentioned are lost lost places. Yeah. I I would love to shoot lost places too. There's just not that many around here unfortunately um that I can access but uh I I really do like like the uh, night photography and um now, do you use the uh, like the the night mode or whatever it is in Pro Camera for that? Yes, I uh, used it um, basically until now, and I still I still use it simply because I have a little more fine tuning options when uh, taking the photo. But for quick snapshots in a city, I use uh, the iPhone night mode. Oh but yeah, but when when shooting on purpose uh not just by walking by and taking a snapshot that i use pro camera low light modes and do you do you put it on a tripod uh yes i have usually when i'm um when i'm just walking around in the city i always have my small gorilla pod with with me oh yeah you know mm -hmm. the that thing that you can wrap around uh other things yeah and there is a nice addition with that has magnetic magnetic feet and oh. so you can you can use it and at, uh, and attach it to a lamp post or anything else magnetic, and so in a city you can basically turn everything into a tri tripod. Oh, that is cool! I didn't realize you can get those magnetic attachments for them. Yeah, it's just a special version. It uh, has those red feet instead of the black or gray ones. Oh, okay. And the one with the with the red feet is the one with um, with the magnetic magnetic feet. I think you might have just spent some of my money because I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Go for it. Yeah, because, I mean, I just have a, you know, a, a typical tripod that you could use for a DSLR. Um, 
but there's been times when I don't take it because, you know, like you said, no camera bag. It's, 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 it's nice to have that freedom of, of just carrying the phone and away you go. And, um, uh, you know, I find I leave my tripod in the car more than I take it out. So I'm definitely going to look at these gorilla pods with the magnetic feet for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a great way to take pictures in a city. But if I'm out in a land to to take landscape photos, then of course I also uh, I also still use a classic tri tripod. Yeah, um, yeah. You you usually get very very rare magnetic things in uh, landscape, so uh, that's yeah yeah that's, that's the, right. Yeah. That's the way to go for landscape photography. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a fantastic conversation, Chris. Um, I, I thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I would just like to uh, give you the chance here to kind of let people know where they could find you online. Okay. Uh, well, first, thanks for having me on the show. I was really looking forward to that. And if you're curious about my photography, you can find me at nocamerabag.com. I guess you may have learned it by now. Yeah. And um, you can also find me on Instagram if you look for no camera bag. And um, you also can find me on Twitter under No Camera Bag. And this is where I share all the tips, the information, and the knowledge that I gain uh, for iPhone photography. And I hope there's something in it for you too. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to, well, I've already followed you on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and, but I'm going to look at your website a little more and, and, and see what else you have on there. And, um, uh, so yeah, that's so great. I'll, I'll put all these links in the show notes for everybody. They could just uh, get to them that way. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Macmillan Photo, on Twitter at Macmillan underscore photo, and I am Macmillan on Dayflash, and the same on mobitog.com. And you can catch me on the Tiny Shutter podcast as well. Uh, tonight, I think, is our next uh, recording, so look for that one to come out soon too. Um, so just as a reminder to everybody that... Uh, I record these shows just whenever the chance comes up, and uh, but you can look for the program on um, your regular podcast ep uh, application of choice. Um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Downcast, Overcast, and just recently we've been added to iHeartRadio, so you can look for us there as well. Um, all the episodes and show notes are on uh, artfulipc.com. And be sure to check the community out at artfulipc.club. And if you're not a member, it's free to join and uh, come and say hello and see what all us like-minded individuals are up to. So thanks again, Chris, for doing this. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a bit better. And uh, I hope that you stay safe and healthy and we'll see you uh, on the interwebs. Okay, thanks again for having me and stay healthy, stay safe, everyone, and bye bye. Okay, bye bye.